Okay, I think we can start. Welcome everyone to our weekly Odd Politics Lab session. Uh, I'm really uh, happy with our uh, speaker today, Lina Aru, and I'm really happy um, to see uh, uh, all of you again. And um, uh, 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 let me uh, introduce the speaker before my voice gives out. Uh, <laughs> I'm really happy to have Lina Aru here uh, from Aarhus University. She's an associate professor there. And uh, she's been working in, in political psychology with a, specifically an evolutionary psychology angle for quite a while now. And, and, you know, if she isn't the first person on your reference list in political psychology, you're doing something wrong. Uh, Lena has a number of excellent publications on, on, on uh, a wide range of different topics and recently quite a bit of work on the behavioral immune system and how that shapes your preferences in politics, uh, work on framing, but also stuff like Co-lawfer, uh, 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 that, 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 that was very interesting. <laughs> uh, work on birth weight, blood glucose levels. I mean, if you think Bert and I do crazy stuff, then you should really uh, meet uh, uh, Lena here. And I mean crazy, obviously, in, in the most positive connotation of it has. Um, so today uh, uh, she will talk about uh, evolved psychological biases. And I think this is relatively new work. At least I haven't seen it yet, so I'm uh, really curious. Uh, for those of you new today, uh, our speakers typically talk for about 20 minutes and then we'll have a Q&A and you can type your questions into the Q&A box. I will shut up now and give the floor to Lina. Well, uh, thank you, Heinz, and uh, thank you for that uh, fantastic uh, introduction. Uh, I'm really proud uh, to be among uh, crazy uh, people. I understand that uh, to be in a positive uh, sense. So uh, it's uh, it's Friday uh, afternoon. Uh, so I'm going to begin uh, with a guy who had a really bad week. Uh, and here I'm not only referring to the fact that he was uh, 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 infected with the coronavirus, but uh, to another issue that appeared earlier this week. Uh, so earlier this week, uh, the New York Times uh, broke the story uh, about uh, uh, the most recent story about Trump's uh, tax uh, revenue and, and the lack of income tax that he's uh, paying. Uh, this is not uh, a new uh, issue. There's been uh, a long line of debate uh, about the extent to which uh, Trump uh, is uh, contributing uh, to uh, American society by paying his uh, taxes as the billionaire he uh, he claims to be, or whether in fact he is uh, uh, a free rider or simply just uh, a lousy businessman who has completely uh, overclaimed uh, his his image as a competent uh, leader. Uh, either way, whether he's a tax cheater or simply uh, completely incompetent, this has been a political issue that has catched uh, the attention of uh, not only Americans but also media uh, around uh, the globe. I have here uh, screenshots uh, of stories from French media uh, and to those of you who are uh, a bit unfamiliar with Danish, it's not uh, Dutch with spelling mistakes but an original uh, article from national uh, Danish uh, media. The story even went uh, beyond uh, uh, the elite level and was also uh, shared uh, massively uh, on social media. Here an example uh, of the sharing of a campaign video from the Biden campaign uh, that has uh, over more, uh, 
4 million displays, uh, uh, a huge number of, uh, of sharings that also echoes to, uh, to uh, Trump's uh, tax uh, scandal. So what is it about those uh, scandals uh, that uh, display or reveal that politicians might not only be working uh, for the better good of society, but also uh, are working to uh, promote uh, their own image uh, to serve their own electoral success or simply to, uh, to maximize their own economic uh, benefit. Why are they so dangerous to, to politicians that it, that it leads us to intuitively conclude that Trump had a really, really bad week? And why are we all uh, aware of these uh, political issues? Uh, not only with, uh, with Trump, uh, we could also mention uh, email gate uh, that uh, Hillary Clinton suffered during the past American election. And when we think about our own national context, uh, very quickly, uh, scandals about uh, politicians that have behaved and acted self-serving in one way or another uh, comes to mind. So why is it that citizens who kind of have characterized as a rash in ignorance have such a great eye for this type of, uh, of political issues, remember them so well and engage so vividly with them? Well, a classical perspective on this from the political science literature is that well, it's because of the role of the media. It's because journalists, due to competitive pressures and political news criteria, are so focused on this type of, uh, of strategic uh, political news. Another typical explanation that we hear in the political science literature that it's due to negative campaigning and the bad standards uh, of competitive uh, politics. While those explanations are uh, certainly uh, part of the broader picture, it's important to highlight that in politics, uh, people don't only access information from political elites, they also hear it from peers in their social networks. Social media like Twitter and Facebook uh, and Reddit are modern manifestations of uh, the importance of uh, interpersonal communication to uh, the flow of, uh, of information of, uh, about politics more broadly. So, Already back in the classical work of Katz and Lasersfeld, uh, there was the observation that the flow of political communication sort of has this two-step nature to it. It originates from political elites and is then transmitted to, uh, to opinion leaders and ordinary citizens who spread it in their social uh, networks. So what happens in this second step of the communication flow? Well, uh, overall, uh, the cognitive tasks to citizens become more uh, complex. When we read uh, news uh, directly from the media or hear them directly from politicians, then there is a professional packaging uh, of uh, the news story. When uh, we recollect that news uh, among ourselves, well, then it's a completely different story. Then we are left to our own skills to explain what the issue uh, is about. We have to remember what the issue was about, uh, we have to uh, uh, recompose uh, the story, and we have to uh, fill in uh, the blanks uh, that we cannot uh, remember. So in that process, obviously, uh, information will uh, get lost. So a standard social science approach to understanding what goes on in the second step of the communication flow is that well, citizens, to the best of their ability, try to copy the elite uh, information uh, but due to their limited uh, cognitive skills and limited motivation for politics, uh, information will get lost. Recent research uh, published uh, in the APSR by Taylor Carlson 
supports uh, the relevance uh, of that idea. Uh, the figure that I'm showing here uh, are results where uh, Taylor uh, followed how uh, uh, the US Bureau of Economic Analysis report uh, was transmitted. The solid uh, black line uh, shows the similarity between the original uh, or the, the original official report and news articles uh, about uh, the report. Uh, a score of one would uh, indicate full uh, similarity. The dashed line uh, uh, shows the similarity between Reuters' news articles about the report and citizens' uh, recollections when they were asked to write recollections of uh, selective news articles from Reuters. Consistent with the idea that information gets lost in the second step of uh, the communication flow, we can see that similarity uh, between citizens' recollections and the uh, media coverage is much lower than the similarity between the media coverage and the original uh, report. So, did I just mistime my talk? Uh, I had five minutes uh, to say that, well, there is a second step to the communication flow, but really what happens is uh, a weak uh, copy uh, of uh, the first step of, uh, of the communication flow, only that citizens are much worse uh, at it. No, I didn't, uh, it wasn't a mistiming. Uh, I have to, uh, 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 I, have, I have more to add uh, to this story. So an evolutionary psychological uh, perspective will highlight that uh, it might be that uh, in modern politics, uh, on in some respects, citizens are vash in ignorance, but actually our species do have a big and deep history uh, for dealing with politics and for processing the types of cues that have been uh, relevant ancestrally uh, when dealing with uh, issues related uh, to, uh, to politics in our evolutionary uh, environment. So that suggests that there has been in place uh, a selection uh, pressure for the development of deep-seated uh, psychological uh, biases for encoding that type of, uh, of politically relevant uh, cues, for encoding them, storing them in long-term memory, uh, and for uh, retrieving them and broadcasting them to, to others. So that suggests that uh, even though our competences overall are limited, then uh, exactly the type of information that fits those evolved biases for politics uh, will be transmitted more reliably uh, and will uh, have stronger impact in our evaluations. So to be uh, more concrete, uh, uh, excellent literature documents that over uh, our evolutionary history, uh, cooperation has been a key survival, uh, a key strategy uh, for survival for our species. For example, when, when hunting for food, uh, when foraging, uh, when trying to protect against uh, uh, outgroups and predators, uh, cooperation has been a key strategy uh, for survival. However, cooperation uh, is only an adaptive uh, strategy if uh, you can guard against uh, free riders. So that suggests that our mind uh, is equipped uh, with deep-seated uh, psychological mechanisms uh, to detect free riders, that is, uh, cheaters uh, that act uh, antisocially uh, to serve their own uh, interests uh, instead of uh, contributing as reciprocators uh, to the group. So that suggests that we have a deep uh, ability to, to encode uh, and store in long-term memory and, and retrieve from long-term memory information about uh, uh, free riders, that is, uh, self-interested other uh, individuals. 
and that we, as part of the mechanism to guard ourselves uh, against such uh, cheaters or free riders, also have a strong motivation to, to broadcast such information uh, to uh, others. Now, integrating that into uh, to the literature on uh, why uh, stories about uh, politicians that uh, that act in a way to, uh, to, to serve their own personal interest uh, in an economic uh, way, in an uh, in in image building way, well, that suggests that, that citizens actually in the second step of the communication flow do play an active role uh, in the dissemination uh, of such uh, information. There's, there, are, uh, there are various types of uh, uh, political information and modern information flows that fits these deep-seated uh, psychological uh, mechanisms for transmitting uh, information about self-serving others. Uh, conspiracy theories uh, often focus about how self-serving elites uh, conspire against uh, the public. Uh, negative campaigning uh, uh, also have as a typical content uh, strategy to display uh, political uh, opponents as uh, as corrupt uh, or self-serving. Uh, uh, think again just about uh, of uh, Trump's corrupt Hillary uh, campaign from the past uh, election. Finally, we also have strategic uh, news frames uh, that constitute a generic uh, type of, uh, of political news framing that typically characterize uh, politicians as motivated uh, uh, by uh, the interest to, to serve their own career, to display a good image, uh, rather than to uh, pursue politics uh, and the general interest uh, of society. So while this latter form, uh, strategic news framing, might not be the most extreme form of uh, political information about self-interested politicians, uh, it's one of the most uh, common and prevalent uh, forms. So uh, in the sort of uh, empirical test of this evolved transmission bias for, for encoding and sharing information about self-serving politicians that I'm going to test in the last part of the talk, I'm going to focus on the transmission of strategy-framed uh, news stories. So a direct observable implication of the transmission bias is that uh, in the second step of the communication flow, uh, people will encode and, and share uh, strategy-framed news uh, to a larger extent uh, and more elaborately uh, than uh, traditional uh, issue frames that focus on uh, the political content uh, that the politicians uh, present. Uh, in terms of the implications of uh, those transmitted uh, stories in interpersonal communication for preference formation, well, then the transmission uh, bias suggests that these uh, socially uh, transmitted uh, uh, strategy-framed news uh, stories, that they should uh, have a negative effect on trust in, in politicians and policy approval, uh, and uh, that these effects uh, uh, should apply relatively generally across individual differences in political uh, sophistication, uh, uh, as that could be a, a possible consequence uh, if these uh, biases are, are deep-seated. So to test this, uh, we implement uh, a method from uh, cognitive psychology in large-scale uh, online surveys. Uh, this design is called the chain transmission uh, design. Uh, some people will know this as uh, a technically advanced version of uh, the children's game uh, telephone, 
or what we would call in Danish uh, whisper uh, game. So uh, specifically, we implemented two consecutive uh, online surveys on MTurk. Participants who participated in the first study was uh, ineligible to uh, participate in the second uh, survey. In the first survey, participants were randomly assigned to one of two uh, experiments, the quantity experiment and the frequency uh, experiment. So in the quantity experiment, participants were randomly assigned to read a political news article about a new proposal uh, uh, to fight unemployment from a politician named Scott Harris. Uh, participants then read either a strategy-framed version of the news story or an issue-framed uh, version of the news story. The strategy-framed uh, version of the news story emphasized that Harris presented this proposal uh, to improve his own image in the electorate, uh, that the policy proposal was specifically targeted to benefit uh, his own voters in his own home state, uh, Virginia, uh, and that his motivation for presenting this proposal was uh, electoral uh, success. In contrast, the issue frame emphasized that uh, Harris' motivation for presenting the proposal was to fight the unemployment caused by uh, global competitive uh, pressures uh, against uh, the US. As dependent variables, we measured uh, the respondents' uh, policy support uh, for the proposal after they had read the frame. We measured their trust in, in Harris, and importantly, we asked them to write a recollection uh, of the new story that they had uh, read. Uh, they were instructed to write the, the recollection as accurately as, uh, as possible, uh, but we also uh, told them that, of course, it was okay uh, that they couldn't remember everything, uh, but that they should include as much as they remembered uh, as possible uh, uh, in their uh, recollection. The respondents, perhaps needless to say, wrote the recollection on a new screen where they could not uh, access uh, the original uh, treatment article. In the frequency uh, experiment, well, then their participants were all uh, uh, assigned to read a non-political news story. It was uh, a movie review uh, uh, that was the content of that story. And then they were randomly assigned to read either a strategy framed uh, or an issue framed uh, political news story. We used the same two stories uh, about uh, Harris's policy proposal as in the quantity uh, experiment. As dependent variables in this experiment, again, we measured policy support and trust in Harris, and we asked respondents which uh, of the two stories, the non-political or the political, they would uh, want to uh, uh, recollect uh, to another uh, participant uh, in the survey. And then finally, they were also write, asked to uh, write a recollection uh, of the story. The second round, that is the second survey, had uh, exactly the same uh, setup, except that participants as, as input, instead of reading the original news articles, they were randomly assigned to read recollections of the original news articles, those recollections that were uh, produced uh, in the first uh, survey. Now, what uh, did we find? Were the, uh, the strategy frames uh, news stories transmitted to a higher extent than the uh, issue framed uh, news stories? The figure here shows uh, first in the upper panel the number of words uh, that were uh, transmitted uh, by the frame condition, and the lower panel uh, shows the percentage 
who chose to uh, transmit the political news article over the movie review, again by frame uh, condition. Our results show that uh, uh, in the strategy framed uh, condition, respondents recollected uh, a larger number of, uh, of words uh, than in the issue framed uh, con con condition. That's consistent with the transmission uh, bias. We also, uh, our findings also show that in the first round, uh, a larger percentage of the respondents chose to transmit uh, the strategy framed news story uh, over uh, uh, the movie uh, review compared to the percentage who chose to uh, transmit the issue framed uh, news story. However, uh, that difference was uh, only statistically uh, significant uh, in the first uh, round, and it suggests that uh, uh, the transmission bias is most robust when people uh, receive uh, the full length uh, of the original uh, news story, as they will, for example, uh, when they share uh, news stories uh, on social uh, media. Now, the number of words is uh, a first clean indicator uh, of, uh, of the content uh, that was uh, transmitted, but sort of leads uh, the actual content of the news stories uh, as quite a, a black box. So the next figure here shows uh, the results of an automatic uh, content uh, analysis uh, of uh, the content of the recollections of the strategy frame and uh, the issue frame. And we can see sort of consistent with the idea of a transmission bias favoring encoding and sharing uh, of, uh, of information about politicians' self-serving motives that uh, the recollections of the strategy frame really focused on Harris' motivation for, for re-election, uh, his uh, intention to benefit voters in his own home state, uh, Virginia, uh, whereas recollections of the issue frame focused on uh, the issue, the substance of the policy proposal, how it was motivated to uh, fight global competitive uh, pressures. We can also see consistent with the idea of this uh, deep-seated uh, psychological uh, transmission bias for information about self-serving others, that uh, the, the content representing the storyline uh, in the strategy frame uh, is more elaborate, richer uh, than uh, the content representing the storyline. Uh, in the uh, issue uh, frame. Finally, based on uh, human coding of the content of the recollection, we also uh, analyze the survival rate of, the, of key content elements from the original strategy framed news story and the original issue framed uh, news story. And those results show that uh, uh, the strategy, the content element of the strategy framed uh, news story survived to a significantly larger uh, extent uh, through the interpersonal transmission uh, than the issue-framed uh, content. That's also consistent with the idea that we have this deep-seated bias for encoding and sharing exactly that type of uh, information. So, okay, so the transmission bias tells us something about what people talk about in the second step of the communication flow. Uh, but does it have more direct political uh, implication? That's the, the last set of results that I'm going to show uh, today. So the figure here shows uh, the effect uh, of uh, the strategy framed and the issue framed uh, uh, news uh, story uh, and the recollections of the news stories in round one and round two, uh, respectively, uh, on trust in, in Harris' uh, first panel uh, on policy uh, support and finally, more broadly, on trust in, in Congress. And we can see that uh, 
both in uh, in the first and the second uh, transmission crowned uh, strategy framed uh, new stories whether they are it's the original elite uh, stories or the recollections they drive down trust in harris they drive down support uh, for his policy uh, but the effect is not uh, does not uh, extend uh, in a statistically significant way uh, to trust in in congress prior experimental research on effects of different types of stimuli uh, on uh, general political trust generally shows that that overall uh, or general political trust is, is relatively stable. So in that way, our uh, findings uh, there are consistent uh, with that uh, literature. Uh, oh. oh, there it was. Uh, so uh, to to wrap up. Uh, um, I hope I have highlighted that, that, uh, that it's re relevant uh, to pay attention to the second step uh, of, uh, of the communication uh, flow, uh, where citizens uh, transmit uh, information uh, about uh, politics. Uh, because in the second step of uh, the communication flow, while information loss is part of uh, what is going on, uh, there's also in the, a bias, uh, a systematic bias in the type of information uh, that survives uh, uh, and, and gets transmitted. Uh, uh, our findings support that uh, uh, citizens have uh, deep-seated evolved uh, biases for, for transmitting uh, information about uh, self-serving uh, others. That is information that, uh, that fits uh, evolved uh, biases for cheetah uh, detection. I have other work uh, uh, with other co-authors uh, that also uh, Evolved biases for, for negativity uh, and evolved biases for, for vivid uh, information. Uh, so that supports the underlying idea that, uh, that the types of political information that survives in the second step of the communication flow is not uh, random, but uh, indeed uh, uh, shaped by deep-seated evolved uh, psychological uh, biases. That was it. Okay, uh, thank you very much, uh, Lina, uh, for this uh, this this really interesting uh, talk. And uh, as uh, people who have been here before uh, know, you can ask uh, questions to Lina via the Q and A box, and then I will read them out loud, and Lina will answer them. So there are already uh, some questions. So well, let's just uh, start, uh, Lina. Uh, the first is from uh, Amanda Friesen. Friesen, hi, Lina. I was wondering if you have looked at cognitive complexity or other dictionary-based elements of the open-ended responses. Uh, well, thank you, Amanda. That's uh, that's a really uh, uh, interesting uh, question. We haven't uh, we haven't looked at uh, cognitive uh, complexity uh, a in part because we started this project. Uh, Five years ago, where this uh, that technology was was less developed uh, than today, and uh, and B uh, probably because we didn't think about it as we are not that uh, IT uh, savvy, but it's uh, as, uh, a super interesting uh, suggestion to uh, to look more uh, into. All right, thanks. The second question is from uh, Rens Vliegendhardt from uh, Amsterdam School of Communication Research. Uh, thanks, Lina, for this interesting talk. I was wondering whether you have any idea what would happen if strategy and issue frames are combined into a single news item. Would including both to a certain degree 
or both yield of both would including both to a certain degree yield an optimal outcome in terms of recall and trust slash support well uh, uh the question uh Benz is raising uh, sort of leads me to emphasize that in the classic uh, cognitive and social social uh, psychological literature that has previously implemented the chain transmission design sort of the classical way of implementing it is actually to present uh, respondents simultaneously with two competing types of information one that fit, fits uh, psychological biases and another type that doesn't fit uh, where the overall prediction is that in that competitive situation information that fits uh, psychological biases uh, will survive so based on that, uh, my prediction would be that uh, in such a, a competitive or, or dual uh, framing situation, uh, transmission of the strategy relevant uh, features uh, that, that portray politicians' self-serving uh, motivations would outcompete uh, the issue frame part so that uh, a dual framing would not uh, lead to uh, an ideal uh, uh, transmission of, uh, of information. We chose uh, to present uh, the frames uh, separately uh, instead of uh, as the dual frame to increase uh, internal uh, validity uh, in our analysis. Excellent, thanks Lina. Um, question from uh, Iran Amsalen. Uh, Lina, thank you. Did you have a control group group to which the strategy strategy and issue framed conditions are compared i would assume that not all political news articles are issue and strategy also are you thinking about writing a recollection as comparable are you thinking about writing a recollection as comparable to face-to-face -face discussions much of the communication occurring in networks is probably done offline friends family co-workers etc these are really uh, relevant uh, points uh, so we don't have a we don't have a control condition, which uh, of course leaves some ambiguity to to interpretation uh, of the findings. It's difficult from an experimental perspective to Im implement a control group, uh, especially in the part of the analysis that focuses on what types of information people recollect, because that does require uh, an an informational uh, input. Um, in a way. While we haven't talked so explicitly about it, in a way, I think we reason about uh, the issue frame as our control group because it presents the information that does not fit uh, the deep-seated psychological uh, bias. So to some extent, uh, that is then the control condition where the treatment condition is the strategy frame that does fit the evolved uh, psychological uh, biases. Uh, of course, then, uh, a conceptual discussion is whether there is a neutral frame that represents the middle ground between the generic issue frame and the generic uh, strategy uh, frame. You're right that uh, not all uh, not all frames are necessarily either issue or uh, strategy uh, frame uh, and information, but it does represent uh, a central uh, generic uh, distinction uh, between different types of uh, of news stories or, or news frames, if we want to uh, stick to the uh, framing uh, concept. There was a final part of the question, Bert, that I cannot remember. Yeah, that's the second question. Really cool. 
<laughs> no, no, no. There's, uh, there's two. Uh, there's the second question. Um, the second question was: uh, Are you thinking about writing uh, a recollection? As that is, is that comparable to face-to-face -face discussions? So much okay. of the communication occurring in networks is probably done offline. Friends, family, coworkers. I think that's. Uh, I knew it was cool. Uh, I think that's a really relevant uh, point and, and limitation to the work uh, that I'm presenting uh, here. That that we can speak to the context where people uh, write recollections uh, of uh, of news stories. But as you say, uh, in current days, uh, uh, interpersonal face-to-face -face, uh, communication is probably uh, as uh, as common. Uh, and there are other uh, evolutionary relevant types of cues uh, that are present uh, in the face-to-face -face, uh, communication. So I think uh, taking this uh, to other communication channels would be highly relevant and also varying information about uh, the receiver of the recollection. Our instruction was because we wanted really to, to tap that whether ability to uh, uh, to whether ability and, and motivation to, to broadcast uh, strategy relevant information is, is stronger because we were interested in that our instruction was to that respondents should copy as exactly as they were able to to another participant in the study but in an ecologically valid context you don't copy to another participant you copy to a known receiver in interpersonal com communication. So what are the consequences of knowing that you communicate to an in-partisan, uh, to a, uh, a high politically sophisticated person or a low sophisticated, low politically sophisticated person? There are uh, several uh, theoretically uh, relevant uh, receiver uh, characteristics to explore and implement uh, in the instruction. So I think that's uh, very obvious next steps. Yes, thanks, Lina. <clears throat> uh, next question is uh, from our own Matthijs Rodan. Thank you for this interesting and clear presentation. I like your point of departure and the focus on the idea that the mind is equipped psychologically with mechanisms to detect self surfing free, free riders a lot. However, I was wondering to what extent the results indeed confirm that this is the case. How do we know what the that the results are indeed due to this mechanism? Aren't the findings also in line with other, maybe simpler explanations, such as the negativity bias? That's a really good uh, point. Uh, so uh, um, in the paper, which you should really, uh, which you really should go and check out, uh, we have additional analysis uh, where uh, we, we do mediation analysis, where we look at the, at uh, the mediational effect of, of content that focuses on portraying uh, Harris uh, uh, as a cheater. Uh, that's, that's one of rationalization. Uh, we have also, uh, so that's one of rationalization. We have an, an alternative uh, of rationalization of strategy framed news contents where we measure it as uh, content focusing on Harris's self-serving uh, motivations. Uh, and, and we investigate uh, the mediating role uh, of, of those variables, uh, controlling for negativity, uh, controlling for uh, emotionality. Uh, uh, and those uh, analysis uh, supports uh, uh, the key mediating role uh, of uh, exactly focus on uh, Harris's uh, self-serving uh, motivations in our analysis. So, Acknowledging the limitations that exist to mediational uh, analysis uh, 
uh, in my view, that's uh, that's further uh, results uh, that supports uh, uh, the interpretation in favor of evolved biases for exactly uh, information relevant to cheater detection uh, mechanisms rather than uh, a broader evolved bias or negative information per se. Okay, thank you. Um, next question is from uh, Nikolai Berg. Thank you for your excellent talk and very clear, clever design. First, a question of clarification. Does, does words transmitted refer to the absolute number of words written or to the overlap between the recollection and the original article? Let's just start with the first. Uh, it, uh, it refers to the overall number of uh, words transmitted. Uh, the new stories were constructed so that uh, the strategy frame story and the issue frame story had uh, the same length uh, and they had the same uh, uh, linguistic complexity uh, as indexed by, uh, I think it's the Lix number also in, in English. Um, so in that way, um, with a relatively high internal uh, validity, we can analyze whether participants in the strategy framed condition transmitted uh, a higher number of words. But of course that analysis only says something about the number of words and not about the content in those words. And the second question from uh, Nikolai is this. Uh, second, uh, is a simpler explanation for these findings not given by the general expectation of politicians to serve a representational role in democracies? And if violated, there's a stronger urge to communicate this. Hmm. That's, uh, that's an interesting uh, way of, uh, of thinking uh, about it. I guess um, uh, sort of my counter question would then be uh, why why is there such a, a relatively universal ideal then across uh, democracies uh, that politicians uh, should serve uh, uh, the common good uh, rather than their own uh, interests? Why? Why is, uh, is that norm uh, so widespread across different political systems and different political uh, cultures? Uh, this meeting is being recorded that exactly our attention uh, against uh, self-serving uh, politicians uh, is particularly uh, sharp. Thank you, Lena. Uh, sorry, I think there was some uh, technical difficulties with our connection from Vienna. Um, uh, but uh, I, uh, I, this, is a, this is an excellent answer. Uh, ah, our uh, anonymous attendee uh, who uh, has a question for you. Uh, thank you for the interesting talk. At the start of the presentation, you talked about uh, tr Trump's tax. Uh, wait. At the start of the presentation, you talked about Trump's tax scandal and briefly, briefly mentioned Hillary Clinton's email scandal. Would you expect different types of scandals to be more easily remembered than other 
uh, than others from an evolutionary perspective? Or am I reading too much into the brief mention of Clinton? Um, uh, I think uh, yeah, I think uh, you're 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 reading a bit too much uh, uh, into uh, the mention of uh, of Clinton. Uh, that that example wasn't as strategically chosen uh, from me, uh, uh, but more as as another follow up that I expected that uh, uh, an international uh, audience, uh, as we have here today, would all uh, recognize and relate to. Um, um, Overall, uh, uh, work by, for example, uh, uh, Dunbar, uh, Misuri, and, and Witten in social psychology uh, emphasizes that uh, as part of uh, relation building uh, in groups uh, and group coordination, we have uh, an evolved uh, disposition for, for gossiping about uh, social uh, information. So that suggests at a very basic level that uh, that that vivid uh, social information of the types uh, that of the type that would inherit in 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 small uh, uh, scale societies in small scale group living uh, is information that we that we have an evolved uh, bias for, but uh, within that quite broad category of uh, of information that we would term episodic framing uh, in modern communication language episodic framing. Uh, uh, exemplar uh, communication uh, within that broad category uh, some uh, some types of information uh, fit additional uh, evolved uh, psychological biases such as uh, the psychological uh, bias for for cheetah uh, detection so I would uh, expect that also within the broad category uh, of vivid social information uh, some types of, of communication would be transparent transmitted more reliably uh, and to a larger extent uh, so that there would be differences across different types of political scandals. Great, thanks. Uh, I also have a question, Nina. Thanks uh, uh, for this, uh, this great uh, talk. Maybe this is, this is, um, the question is, is, is about the dependent variable and, and uh, and sort of the this, the effect sizes that that we that you find here. So, is is sort of trust in in the politician? Uh, isn't that sort of the most likely case where we would see some movement? And the fact that you don't see it, for instance, on on the on the Congress in general, um, might be because you're partly moving the subject away much more broader. But my 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 question is to say, if this is really sort of tapping into my evolutionary core. Should I not want to do more to Harris than just say, I don't trust him anymore? Because this might be a bit, especially coming from the University of Amsterdam, like trust is very important. But on the other hand, like what are the political consequences of not trusting Harris? I'm, I'm not 100% sure what that is. So could it, would, the, would we not expect that politicians might punish that, that voters might punish a like costly punishment or other things like really trying to hurt him uh, would and on the other hand if the effects on trust are so small is isn't isn't is that what we should expect to happen or is it really not that important what 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 we find here so is the effects too small to really move people into like sort of costly behavior uh, well, these are uh, these are super relevant uh, points, uh, Bert, to uh, to explore uh, further. Uh, I think uh, that 
as, as your question is probably already indirectly suggesting, that an additional uh, observable implication should be that uh, people would be less likely to, uh, to vote uh, for Harris. Uh, I don't know if that's then my self-serving biases that lead me to think that uh, maybe we actually have that result in the uh, supplementary material. I'm not 100% uh, sure, but I definitely uh, uh, think the prediction is, uh, is valid. Uh, when it comes to effects on trust, uh, um, I'm in two uh, mindsets. On the one hand, I agree with you that effect sciences are not uh, that large. Uh, so how relevant is this really? And, and compared to uh, the first step of the accumulation flow, we see also a decline uh, in, uh, in effect sizes, perhaps not statistically significant, but the tendency uh, is there, so that could be uh, a power uh, issue. On the other hand, uh, as, as scholars working with the uh, trust experiments uh, um, uh, might uh, to some extent uh, agree on, uh, trust this, relatively uh, stable so so that it the fact that it moves uh, uh, in response to this type of treatment uh, i think uh, shows something that's relatively important uh, compared to uh, to many of the hypotheses uh, we try out that could be that would be a modest way uh, of talking about it and finally there would be the classical uh, follow-up question that is that okay so we investigate effects of one single article but as as I talked about in the beginning of my talk strategy framing is one of the most prevalent forms of political uh, communication so people don't get one story uh, in the case of Trump uh, they kind of get them almost every day uh, a new uh, scandal about his self-serving uh, motives uh, so what is uh, the long-term uh, effect of multiple exposures uh, for some politicians uh, about the same politician and multiple exposure uh, for, for multiple uh, politicians. Uh, I think that's also uh, relevant to clarify uh, further whether effects multiply or whether people simply become uh, robust. Thanks. Uh, Gijs also has a question. Yeah, uh, thanks Lena. It's always um, nice to see how you uh, come up with these very creative uh, research questions and designs and and then uh, i think this is a, a very interesting result and and and, and uh, you know i would i buy into the result but I, f I think there is a big paradox and that is that if we have such nicely evolved psychological mechanisms of cheater detections why do we have so many cheaters in politics right uh, it's not only donald trump of course i mean this this is there are a lot of them and uh and for some of them, it's just it's just minor stuff. But uh, but there does seem to be a tendency, uh, especially among powerful people. I mean, that's also experimental research to cheat, right? Uh, sometimes literally cheat on their wives or or husbands or or cheat with their taxes or or, or whatever. Um, so how do you how do you sort of reconcile your findings with with those findings? Why do we have so many cheaters uh, in politics? Um, well, hmm, that's a that's a that's a really interesting uh, question to to think about. Uh, Heis, um, politics is, is extremely uh, competitive, so it does. Uh, research shows that it does attract people with a certain type uh, of uh, of personality. 
uh, including uh, uh, some tendency for for for, an, for narcissistic uh, uh, and dominant uh, personalities. Uh, um, there are also some uh, benefits uh, to acting in a self-serving uh, way. It is indeed a strategy for maximizing uh, your own uh, good. So. Uh, uh, the individual politician, of course, makes a trade-off, uh, uh, the risk, uh, the potential uh, cost and risk of, uh, of being detected uh, against uh, the gains uh, from acting in, in a self-serving uh, uh, way. Uh, uh, and how that uh, trade-off uh, comes out uh, is probably uh, heavily influenced by uh, deep-seated, uh, uh, deep personality uh, traits. It's then, I guess, an empirical question and something I haven't studied a lot. Uh, how many of those politicians that then, who then get uh, detected, uh, who suffer uh, uh, electoral loss uh, and who uh, uh, eventually have to leave uh, politics uh, because of, uh, of political uh, failure? And finally, I think uh, from an evolutionary perspective that uh, it's relevant to think more about how uh, evolved biases for, for cheater detection when activated against political leaders uh, interact with the, uh, our evolved uh, coalitional uh, psychology, uh, to what extent it might lead us uh, to be more forgiving uh, towards uh, our own leaders until a certain uh, threshold, so that that also um, uh, constitutes a potentially uh, relevant moderating uh, variable. On the other hand, again, from an evolved perspective, cheaters uh, within your in-group do constitute uh, uh, an adaptive uh, problem. So uh, it could only be until a certain threshold that you, your, your conditional uh, psychology uh, provides forgivingness. Mm. Uh, I guess it depends on which system you are cheating. Right. There's, there's an alternative branch of, of sort of leadership psychology, which isn't that thing based at all in evolutionary reasoning. But, but there they say that there are sort of, they talk about rule-breaking leaders. And they say there are conditions under which rule-breaking leaders can be, uh, can be more supported, uh, uh, particularly uh, by people with low uh, SCS uh, conditions. Oh, that's super interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm not familiar with the, with that literature, but that sounds uh, uh, extremely yeah. uh, relevant to the puzzle that you're that you're raising. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, uh, one of the key authors on this is Gerben van Kleef. Lena, continuing a little bit along that along that that line, um, I this 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 MTurk study these this this these experiments were done sort of unconditional of any partisan affiliation, as I understand it correctly, right? Uh, well, actually, we did uh, um, we did have an additional factor in the experiment where we uh, manipulated the information about Scott Harris's uh, party ID in half of the condition. Mm. He was presented as a Republican, and in the other half of the condition, mm. he was presented uh, as a Democrat. Mm. And what happens then? Um, well, nothing happens, but our analysis suggests that it's inconclusive what's going on. 
so yeah. we uh, we looked at whether effects were moderated by uh, a match in party identification between the mm-hmm. receivers of the news stories and the recollections respectively and Harris's party ID. We find no statistically significant uh, moderating effects, uh, but subsequent equivalence testing that we are doing uh, indicate that we cannot, uh, we, that we do not have the, the power or based on the power we have, we cannot re, uh, reject uh, uh, moderation effects uh, of party identification. Uh, I think uh, uh, of uh, in the in the relatively smallest effect size span that we uh, that we test. Yeah, because it would be kind of a nice way of 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 testing two competing sort of uh, works that you have that you 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 based on your your partisanship uh, work with 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 Leonie Huddy and uh, and Lily Mason you would expect that there might be some outgroup anger right sort of the but but on the other hand you could also argue that you know a cheater from the out party that's just you know that's just more negative information that already aligns with a just general negative effect that it's actually the in party cheating that is that is that is considered as uh, as more as as more offensive so is there a way I could see that you have the power issue with the sample size you work, um, but is there a way of getting at this maybe at the at the open-ended sort of the thoughts? Is this like yeah, this is a typical Republican just doing things that Republicans always do as being a Democrat or vice versa as a Republican? Is there a way of at least sort of getting a little bit more of a hint of that? Well, that could actually be quite interesting to uh, to code the recollections for uh, whether sort of the uh, the reasoning underlying or the, or the interpretation of uh, uh, the fact that Harris is self-serving, whether it varies uh, for in-partisans and, and out-partisans, uh, the way of rationalizing why he, he's a cheater. We haven't, uh, we haven't looked into that because our focus has been very much on detecting how much of the original information is copied, but I think that could be uh, uh, a feasible and 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 really interesting way to look into uh, what what is going on with partisanship. Can we learn more, uh, despite that uh, that we have a, a limited, a large but too limited uh, sample size to to dig it into it uh, with moderation analysis? Yeah, you're right. Especially if you go on, if you would build do more studies along. I just I, I have the sense that you you're gonna do more of. This line of work so you could give you a hint of, of where the, whether or not this is a line you want to expl- explore further. Definitely, but it would also it would absolutely be very cool uh, uh, on that uh, journey to have collaborators uh, uh, with good knowledge on uh, uh, how to do a content analysis, both uh, uh, human coded uh, and in an automated uh, way, uh, uh, because. Uh, uh, a deep experience from this project has also been that oh my god it's interesting but time consuming <laughs> <laughs> yeah that you start to appreciate the likert scale more right <laughs> yes <laughs> don't write anything <laughs> <laughs> um, okay so i actually have a last question or Brian, no no it's just time to uh, to yeah. <laughs> okay um Thanks a lot, Lena. Um, you will, uh, as all our speakers, you will get our, our our infamous hot politics lab coffee mug. I, I'm looking for it, but it, no, it seems I've actually cleaned up. So, uh, <laughs> uh, 
we'll probably with a delay of I don't know half a year when I'm allowed back into my office. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, but but I'm hoping to uh, to give it to you personally uh, in a at a future date. Um, uh, last thing I want to briefly announce the uh, oh, two things. First of all, we are looking for a postdoc, uh, and so uh, there's a. Uh, uh, a job ad for a formal job ad now out on the IFA uh, uh, website and uh, we're looking for a postdoc for 16 months to work with us and uh, um, broadly you should work on the team of emotions and politics uh, but you can do you can apply a lot of different methods or uh, work on specific issues if you if you like uh, that it's up to you um, more details are in the ad or feel free to shoot me an email <clears throat> okay, and then the schedule for the remainder of October. Uh, yes, it's October already. Uh, next week, 9 October, we have Manos Tsakiris from Royal Holloway University of London. He's a neuroscientist and he will give a, give a talk titled Experimenting with the Visual Dimension of Visual Politics. Really looking forward to this. Uh, next week, uh, sorry, the week after that, 16th of October, we have Robert Clemenson. Uh, from the University of Southern Denmark uh, with a also a fascinating talk titled Elites, Are They Different? Finally, uh, uh, at the end of uh, October, October 30th, we have a uh, PhD Friday, uh, sorry, Graduate Friday again with Isabella Rabasso and Neil Fashi. That also means that uh, 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 23 October, uh, uh, there is no uh, 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 hot politics lab uh, because Bert and I, I need a break. <laughs> okay, thanks everyone for listening and I uh, hope to see you next week. Same time, same channel.